0: I've yet to see somebody not pick FAMU in this year's SWAC championship game. But what would it take for Prairie View to be able to pull off the upset? Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Write down new customers. We'll get $150 back in bonus bets when winning only or winning a $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. It's game of the week. Swag Championship, the only game happening this weekend. Florida A&M versus Prairie View A&M. And what will it take to win? That's our key to victory at the end. What storylines are happening going into or coming out of this weekend's game. That's segment two. But before all of that, I want to give you prep for what you need to watch during this 60 minutes of action. Y'all know the script. At the end, key. Before that, storylines. And right now, we start off with our matchups to watch, and I'll kick it off with one that I think is going to be extremely important, and we will double back to this later on in the show, and that's John Murray and Marcus Riley versus the Prairie View A&M Secondary. Because Riley and, and uh, Shereed are definitely a dynamic duo. They're one of the two. And I don't mean that in the sense that every two people is a dynamic duo. I don't like Batman and Robin. I don't mean it like that. I mean, these are two dynamic players. When I seen Shereed against Texas Southern line up in so many different places, the way that they used him in that game, I feel like could be a real blueprint on how to use him going forward. They haven't done it as much, but I would like to see them do it more using his versatility. Um, Riley, Shereed, both second-team all-swag wide receivers. They're two leading receivers on the team, with Shereed being two and then Riley being one. And Riley's had a really explosive. I think he's averaging – I let me not get that wrong, because for some reason I'm seeing a three and a nine at the same time. But you look at Riley and his ability to stretch the field. That wasn't on the most display. In the first time that these two teams faced off, it was really Sharid who had that. He had 76 yards on four catches and a 52-yard touchdown pass. So that was a good day for the grad student, and it showed his explosive nature in that particular game. And that's something that you seen repeatedly, explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. And I can't even specify that to the passing game. But like I said, we'll get into some of that a little bit later. But it's important to exploit that matchup. I don't think that PV secondary can hang with your wide receivers, specifically your top two. So if I'm the Rattlers, I'm going in with the motion or uh, with the initiative of seeing if you can stop my wide receivers. Cause I got a lot of them. I have a lot of receiving talent and I want to see if you're able to stop it. Uh, the next matchup that I wanted to look at was Ahmad Antoine versus the Florida A&M defensive line. And really just front seven in general, Caleb Johnson had a decent day against PV, uh, I mean, against FAMU the first time that PV faced him. He had 10 carries for 60 yards. That's a solid day. I would have thought that he would have had more touches because Antoine didn't play in that game. And that's why I wanted to specify on Antoine and not just the duo, but Antoine because I want to see if he's able to give a spark. I want to see if if you do give Johnson 10 carries again. What are you going to give? Antoine, and what is he going to be able to do with his? It was much different. I would have personally, in that first game, and it's not that you just didn't have enough rushing attempts, or yeah, it's not that you didn't have enough rushing attempts. I just didn't like how PV split it up. I thought that with Ahmad Antoine being gone, this is the time for Caleb Johnson to be the workhorse, but instead he only got 10 carries, and that wasn't enough for me. But now that you're going to have both of them back, you're going to have to give them both double digit carries. And I don't know if you're going to stop at 10, but they both have to get to double digits, and I want to see how they're able to perform because you got Isaiah Major over there, swipe defensive player of the year. You got uh Johnny Chaney, another all swipe player, second team. I really like this duo of linebackers, I really do. So, being able to see these running backs versus the linebackers, that's something I'm looking forward to. I like Chaney, Chaney is 28, Major is zero. So, for those who maybe aren't as familiar. With the FAMU defense, maybe you're watching other teams. You're not able to watch FAMU on a a regular basis because you're watching your school. When you see 0 and 28 out there, look out for them on defense because those two are some players, seriously. Um, And then the last one that we have here is the FAMU pass rush versus the PV offensive line. And this was another one of those problems. And listen, the game was 45-7. to There was a lot of problems for PV. But I thought that the – Lack of protection for Trazon Conley, if they do that again, is going to be a problem. See, PV is pretty middle of the pack when it comes to protecting the quarterback. They're seventh in the conference. That makes them the seventh best or the fifth worst, just so you can see how middle of the pack they are, right? Um, I feel personally, I feel personally that FAMU has has a defensive line that is able to wreck shop in the running game and in the passing game. But when you're looking specifically at passing the football, I think that they're going to have to do that to beat FAMU. They're going to have to pass the ball. You can't only run. You're going to have to do both. Honestly, you're going to have to do both of them. And we've looked at the running game already with your running back, specifically Antoine, or excuse me, Ahmad Antoine. But if Trazon Conley doesn't have time to find his receivers, it's not going to work. And you have Anthony Dunn over there who's second in the conference in sacks. He's leading FAMU's pass rush. You have Gentle Hunt, who's able to push up the middle. Like these are defensive players on that D line that you need to be worried about. And if you don't contain them, it's going to be difficult. I think that FAMU, and I'm trying not to lean too much into my my uh, storylines and keys to victory, but I think that FAMU is such the better team that PV is going to have to be completely on their p's and q's. If, FAM, if 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 PV isn't on their p's and q's, they're not winning. They're going to have to play a near-perfect game because I do think that there's a gap in competition. If you play a perfect game, then maybe you have some things going for you, but you don't have the option of struggling running the ball and only being able to pass or vice versa. So that defensive line versus PV's offensive line is going to be a pivotal matchup. I'm just specifying it in the passing department. Now, as we push forward, I want to look at these storylines because everybody's picking FAMU. Everybody's picking FAMU. We'll look at why everybody's picking FAMU. But will PV be able to come up with the upset? That's the number one storyline in this game. And we'll look at it as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And listen, if you think you know what you're talking about, pick the sport football, basketball, hockey. Right. Baseball isn't quite back yet. But college football, college basketball, this is a big week. This is championship week in college football. So there's a lot of money to be made here. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You're looking at the NFL slate of action. We just had a great game last night between the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Phenomenal game. You have other big games on Saturday and Sunday. You have the NBA in-season tournament coming up. This is, for me, the peak of sports. This is this in January, like this winter season, the holiday season is when for me sports starting to kick up. So you should kick up your usage of FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, we have our uh, Locked on Sports Today 24-7 stream of podcast. Ain't nobody else doing it. You can't find nobody else doing it. You won't find nobody else doing it. It's just locked on. Now, speaking of just being one entity, it's probably just PV who believes that PV can beat FAMU. Let's be honest. It, you tell me if you've seen somebody predict Prairie View A&M to beat Florida A&M. And don't just tell me y'all seen it. I ain't going to believe you. You got to tell me who's seen it, uh, or who said it. You might have to DM me a screenshot of proof. You got to do something because this is so clearly Famu's game to lose that I've yet to see anybody actually predict the upset. And that's the storyline. This isn't a, oh, it's the SWAT championship. Anybody can win. This is. Will Famu win this SWAC championship? Right. This is this is Famu's. This is almost treated like an automatic door. I walk. If I walk to Walmart right now and I'm about to go into Walmart, I don't have to push anything. I don't have to move anything. I don't have to use any force on my behalf to get into Walmart. The doors are just going to open for me. That's what people are treating this game like. And I'm fam you. The doors are prairie view. As soon as I walk up and Walmart is the celebration bowl. As soon as I walk up to this celebration bowl, or this swag championship, however you want to phrase it, because it's the same thing in different words. PV is just going to open up and let me through. That's what people are looking at when it comes to this game. And look, not only has fam you been the best team in the swag all year. Right, They deserve the credit of being the favorites. I don't care who they were going against. You pick any team in the SWAC, they deserve to be the favorites. And you know what? If they go to the Celebration Bowl, I don't think it'll be as concrete, especially due to the history, but I think they'll be the favorites there too. But let's keep it here right now because sometimes I get ahead of myself. In this SWAC championship game, fam, you deserve to be the clear-cut favorite over it, no matter who it was. But it's not just anybody. This is PV and they knocked off PV in dominant fashion 45 to 7. It's the most points that the Rattlers have scored this year. It's the largest margin of victory that the Rattlers have had this year. FamU dominated PV. And I'm on record saying I don't want to see this game again. This is not going to be this is not going to be a game that people are looking at evenly. I'm just being honest with you. If PV comes in and knocks off FamU, this is going to be crazy because no one's giving them a chance. And I'm sure there'll be some people who say, Oh, yeah, I felt it. you didn't. You didn't. If you can't show me proof of you saying PV is going to win before the game and then PV wins, I don't believe you. I think PV has a chance. I'm not writing FAMU and PIN as the champions, but I am writing them in pencil because I do believe them to be a massive favorite. So we'll look at that. Um, the next storyline that actually brings to the next storyline is the Celebration Bowl ber- uh, birth and PV has never made the Celebration Bowl. FAMU has never made the Celebration Bowl. And both are looking for their first berth in there. Now, I think we look at FAMU with a closer lens, not because of how skilled that they are, but because they've been so close. See, PV, they're in this swag championship for the second time in three years. But the first time, no one gave them a chance. They were going against Jackson State and Prime's first fall season. I think we all knew they were going to lose that game. Now they're going into this game against FAMU, and we look at it the exact same way. But those are the only two times that they've been in the position to make it to the Celebration Bowl. The last time that they won a SWAG championship was 2009, right? No Celebration Bowl at the time. FAMU, on the other hand, and I know a lot of people have, this is just my opinion, I know a lot of people have looked at Jackson State As FAMU's hurdle to get over, and when they were able to win the Orange Blossom Classic, oh, FAMU got over their hurdle. Not to me. To me, Jackson State was just a representation of the true hurdle that FAMU has had for the last, I think, maybe like five seasons. And that's the inability or being one step away from making it to the Celebration Bowl whether you want to say they were almost MEAC champions, or if you want to say they had the best record but had sanctions so they couldn't go to the Celebration Bowl. Or maybe you're saying they're the second-best team in the SWAG but couldn't beat Jackson State. All of those things are true, but now instead of being one figurative step away from the Celebration Bowl, they're literally one step away, one game away. If they knock off PV and they show themselves to be the better team, which they have done before, and we all believe that they are, now you are no longer – getting over that, or you're no longer in front of that hurdle. You have now gotten over that hurdle and you're in the celebration bowl for the first time. After all these years of being close, FAMU is as close as they have ever been. And now it's 60 minutes away. That is the biggest storyline. That might not be the number one storyline. Can can PV pull off the upset? That's number one, but that's the biggest storyline coming into this game. FAMU finally getting over that hurdle and making it to their first celebration bowl. But there's only one way for them to do it and i'll give you the answer to that as you continue with locked on hbcu as we're wrapping up today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day making it all the way to segment three and i thank you two times for that thank you thank you We've looked at the SWAC championship game. We've broken it down. But here is the question. If FAMU wants to win, what do they need to do? If Prairie View wants to win, what do they need to do? We're here for our keys to victory. This might be the most important one. It's not my most fun topic to do. I'll I'll be honest with you. I think that my storylines, to me, are my favorite. That's that's my baby. I love telling stories. So the storylines, a lot of times, are my favorite ones to do. Then it's really just battling it out between the the week. Sometimes it's matchups. Sometimes it's key to victories. I think matchups typically win. But there's nothing more important than the keys to victory. Because there's nothing more important than the end result. So how do we get here? For FAMU, it's playing four quarters. They've had a problem with that before. But here's the thing. FAMU is the better team. I didn't need an October 28th matchup to show me that. But at FAMU's homecoming, it was definitive. They were the better team. FAMU is the best team in the conference. The best team does not always win. Straight up, the best team does not always win. So, if they want to be one of the best teams that does win, they need to play four quarters of football. Because if they play four quarters of football, I do not believe that FAMU loses this game. Right? Um, they come in holding the number one spot in so many stats. You're looking at number one offense scoring, number one defense scoring, looking at best passing offense, best passing defense, best rush uh, defense. Like they do so many things ridiculously well, ridiculously well. Um, It's just about doing that all game long because they've had times when they've had slow spurts. And those slow spurts, eventually you would think that would catch up to you. You would think that eventually if you continue to have game after game where – you aren't playing on full cylinders all four quarters where maybe you have a half or you're slow. Eventually, that's going to bite you in the butt. The why championship game is not the time to do that. That is not the time to do that. Um No one really scores on FAMU. I ain't going say no one, but very few teams. More teams struggle to score than are able to score. You look at Southern was able to score, which was weird. It was weird. Um Texas Southern was able to score in the first half and then they got kind of shut down and they, they stiffened up then Alabama AM and was able to score, but a lot of that came from after you had a backup quarterback. And I kind of, I kind of attribute that to not expecting him to come into the game. Like those are the things that I'm looking at and saying, Oh, we didn't see that coming, right? It was an unexpected variable that really led to a lot of success. Excuse me. So, that is a rarity that people put up a lot of points. It's actually way closer to seven, right? Like they, they just don't, they don't allow a lot of points. Um, and then the last thing is, oh, it's not the last thing, but the next thing for PV is they need to limit explosive plays. Prairie View A&M will not win this game if they allow the same amount of explosive plays as they did the last time that they played, FAMU. It just won't happen. It will not happen. FAMU had five wide receivers. With a 20 yard catch or more, they have four running, uh, four rushing plays or four runners, I should say, with a run of 20 or more yards. That's not winning football. The last time PV and FAMU showed down, or excuse me, the last time that PV and FAMU played was October 28th at FAMU's homecoming. And in that game, you have four rushers who had 20 yard rushes. You had five receivers who had 20-yard catches. And it's not like everything is over the top. You're looking at They had a tight end, uh, a throw to the tight end that was at, like, the line of scrimmage. It ended up being a near 60-yard catch, and it was the longest play of the game. It was a bunch of poor tackling involved in that. Like, you just can't allow the same amount of explosive plays if you're Prairie view and expect to win. You will not. You will not. Nine different players having a 20-yard play is unacceptable. And if you want to come up with victories, you can't allow it to happen. That is the key because that was – I mean, it's a 45-7 to game. Nothing really went right for PV, but this is one thing that I can point to and say, all right, limit that and you give yourself a much better chance because a couple of those were touchdowns. The 59-yarder wasn't, but you had a 30-yard touchdown pass. Then you had a 20-something-yard touchdown pass. So it's not just explosive plays because – Howard versus Morgan State, they had explosive plays too, and then Howard stiffened up on defense. PV didn't, and these plays were consistent, over and over and over. That's what I mean when I when I say John Marie Sharid, and Marcus Riley versus the secondary, because though Riley wasn't one of the guys who had a twenty yard catch, you know that he's capable of it. Sharid was one of those guys who had a long catch. He had a fifty yard touchdown pass. So. You're looking at you're looking at two wide receivers who are all swack, who are really good at what they do. You have a quarterback who was the all swag first team quarterback. This is the first thing I need you to do. Limit explosive plays. Point blank, period. Right now, we'll recap this game. I don't know. There's a lot of things that happen. Andrew bodies in the transfer portal. Um, I do kind of want to look at the language in in, in uh Hugh Jackson's contract. I do want to kind of look at those things. There's a lot of things that are happening. So I don't know if we're going to come back on Monday. We we'll probably lead off with it one segment and then maybe come back tomorrow or not tomorrow, but Tuesday. So the next day we'll probably do that because there's a lot of things going on, but we got to make sure that we touch on Andrew bodies entering the transfer portal. Not overly surprised. Not overly surprised at all. I didn't think it was going to happen, though, but I'm not overly surprised. Um, and we'll look at that on Monday's episode, along with the results of the SWAC championship game. So until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.